Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good evening, everybody. This is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me, episode 55, December 8th. Christmas is right around the corner. It's coming fast. And speaking of Christmas, Santa is on the naughty list. Oof. I'm excited to bring you this story. And after that, teachers. It all kind of comes together. It reminds me of Christmas story. The teachers are being naughty too and refuse to give Ralphie that A he deserves on his Red Rider BB gun before he receives it and can stop the evil Bart and the bandits that hop over his fence and Black Bart. It's interesting. The dad's name in Christmas story is the old man. He doesn't have a name and I never knew that. After watching it for I don't even know, 25, 30 years, whatever it is. I had no idea he was just the old man. We know Ralphie's name, and Ralphie wants a Red Rider BB gun. What a great story. And our show tonight kind of follows that. We talk about teachers, we talk about Santa Claus, and you'll shoot your eye out. You know, I have my own story, and I thought about doing a joke first, so I'll I'll do a joke as well. And I might muck it up because I don't quite remember the joke, but I'll do it anyway. But the story that I have is about my father and mother. And those are two people I very rarely talk about, and for good reason. I don't have many wonderful memories, but I do have a few. And uh, I think one of them was that my father was the proverbial old man to my Ralphie long before the movie came out. And I remember I was a young tyke, and I was the last kid, and I tended to get everything I wanted. I I was definitely spoiled and certainly wasn't earned. I wasn't a good student. I wasn't a good kid most of the time. But my parents showered me with gifts. And I had every Star Wars and G.I. Joe figure and everything else. And we would all watch Saturday morning cartoons. And we would see the amazing vehicles that Hasbro would put out, whether it be the Land Speeder or the AT-AT. And they, you know, these were all smaller end on on the toy scale. And relatively inexpensive, $29, $39, $49. But there was one. The one thing I wanted more than anything else in the world was the what I called the Falcon. The Millennium Falcon did the Kessel Run. It had storage compartments. It had both forward and aft cannons. It had the afterburners with a nice blue glow. It had a radar dish on top. It had a hidden compartment that you could take off the back so you could play inside. It had a chess table, chess board, battle chess that you could play with C-3PO and R2-D2 and Chewbacca, and it was magical and amazing, and I wanted it more than anything else in the whole world, and I must have asked for it every single day of the week. And all the while doing nothing to deserve it, of course. But my parents were good parents for a lot of the times. And then there were other times. But this was a good one. As I sat there in my Cookie Monster robe with my Cookie Monster slippers, I remember it well. And actually, the robe wasn't Cookie Monster. It was like a little engine that could one. It was blue with red striping around the neck. And it had a little train engine on the top left-hand corner. My hair was disheveled. 
I'm sure I have a picture somewhere. And as we tore through the presence of radio circuit boards from my grandfather who couldn't buy a present for a kid if his life depended on it, he was either fruitcake, jello mold, or electronic circuit boards for six-year-old kids, and you would have to wire and solder. And we would open it up and begin to put together this portable radio, and we had none of the tools to do it, so we just threw it away. We would open up my grandma's gifts, we would open up mom and dad's, and my dad would get a book always, and he would get a tie or get a couple shirts or socks or underwear. And of course, the whole saying was, everyone said after we opened up presents, thanks, mom and dad, because we always subjected dad to abuse because we know he didn't do any of the Christmas shopping. And that legacy has lived long through me as well. But as all the presents, the copious amounts of presents that were looked like carcasses of dead rabbits from velociraptors when we were done, were spread across the living room. There was no Millennial Falcon. I had measured all the boxes, and a few of the boxes that I thought possibly could be the one was not. And as we sat down, we always had Sara Lee coffee cake. My dad went and got the U-Band coffee, made a pot for everybody. We actually got coffee in the mornings, too, with a ton of cream and sugar. And as I sat there, almost two hours removed from masticating and ripping apart helpless boxes. I was in a solemn mood, melancholy. And my father came over to me and sat down. And instead of saying the words, well, did you get everything you want? He just looked at me and said, hey, I think I see something over behind the couch. And as I looked over to my dad's corduroy lazy boy couch that was black from his body oil from sleeping in it at least two hours a day and he drove to work over an hour every single day and back and woke up before all of us were awake i saw the composite plastic mold of what could possibly be described as an off-white or tan blending in with the beige wall and it cast a shadow of something that roughly looked like the millennial falcon's size And my mother smiled and my brother and sister looked at me once again as this little shit doesn't deserve anything he's about to get, but we're kind of happy for him. I leapt up and ran as fast as I could behind the chair. And there was my millennial falcon. Now, I don't know how much that thing cost, but I will tell you it cost a pretty penny. And it was the most amazing thing I had ever had. I loved it. And I played with it every day. And I realized that Christmas wasn't just about giving and getting presents. It was about making dreams come true for kids. And that is something that I've always done with my own children. And yes, we might consider them to be spoiled. We might consider that we give too much and we're setting up bad expectations. But I really don't care. I just hope they pay it forward to their kids. So that is my Christmas story that ties into this. That ties into bad Santas and teachers before we get into being sardonic, full of cynicism, because that's what I bring to the table during these shows. Thank you for the intro. The next thing is the joke that I hope I don't mess up is a man and his wife are walking in Russia. They decide to go ahead and take their honeymoon there for Christmas because even though it's still communist, they feel it would be an amazing thing. As they're walking through St. Petersburg, the man feels a slight little trickle 
on his face. And he looks up and he goes, huh, it's raining. And the wife goes, no, honey, that's snow. And he's like, are you sure? I don't think so. I think it's rain. She goes, looks like snow to me. And of course, just married, they're already arguing already. And the man says, listen, honey, there's our communist officer over there, Rudolph. Let's go talk to Comrade Rudolph. We've met him at the hotel, and he constantly checks our passports. He seems to know a lot, and I'm sure Comrade Rudolph knows. And she says, that's a great idea, honey, as they walk amicably across the street with a slight spring in their step for what's to come later that evening as a married couple. And as they happen upon Comrade Rudolph, they say, Comrade Rudolph, Comrade Rudolph. And they say, he says, all my Americans, wonderful to see you. I'm not going to do a Russian accent, so don't even ask. And they say, Comrade Rudolph, we have a question for you. And he's like, yeah. He says, my wife says it's snowing, and I say it's raining. Which one is it? And Comrade Rudolph slowly pulls off his leather glove and holds his hand out with the droplets of water. And he looks up and looks at his hand. He goes, well, my American lovers, it's raining. And the man goes, thank you, Comrade Rudolph. And Comrade Rudolph decides to turn around and leave the other way. And she looks at him and says, honey, don't you see? And his wife goes, yeah, I do. And he goes, great. Because as we both know, Rudolph the Red knows rain, dear. so bad i'm sorry that was really really (laughs) bad hey folks this is matt from don't unfriend me long intro but they're getting longer and i kind of like them welcome to the show and thank you for for humoring me on that long intro and throwing a laugh my way i do appreciate it folks if you haven't already done so like share subscribe on youtube on instagram on facebook whatever we appreciate it and absolutely love it the site has grown fairly fast but Advertising is on hold until this election's over because uh, the Facebook Nazis has decide, have decided that uh, we're not allowed to advertise. So your like, shares, subscribe, your like, shares, and subscribes matter. And if I could talk, that would be fantastic. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, there's a couple of things. Teachers, listen, I gave them a hard time a couple of weeks ago, but these unions are driving me up the wall. Now, we all understand that teachers have something called tenure, and after a certain period of time, they're almost impossible to fire. They're almost impossible to get rid of, no matter how bad they are. And let's face it, with where we are in our education system, we ask our teachers to do too much. And I want to be completely clear, if this does not reflect you and you're not one of these people, don't take offense. This isn't about you. I know teachers sometimes don't like other teachers, and there are a few that you know that you work with that you just want to strangle. But unfortunately, you can't because you're in a union. The Chicago Teachers Union is probably similar to things that you understand and have seen and despise as well, so I'm on your side. This is for the teachers who refuse to get back to work. These are the teachers who think that distance learning is good for kids. This is the Chicago's Teachers Union. The push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. Are they ever going to find three new words? Is this going to happen forever? One of these days, we are going to find the proverbial Rosetta Stone and cure sexism, racism, and misogyny. And I am afraid liberals will have nothing else to say for the rest of their life. It doesn't 
make much sense. And teachers are threatening to strike. If they're forced to go back into classrooms, they're saying absolutely not. Well, you're not forced to do anything. This is America. We can't force you. We can pay you a wage, pay for your services, and you can decide whether you want to do it or not. And there are plenty of jobs out there. As you know, we have to fill them. McDonald's is hiring teachers. If you're not comfortable with going back and doing what the rest of us has been doing as essential workers, then you can quit and you can take that four-year degree and do something with it. But what you don't get to do is hold our kids hostage. I'm not a teacher. That's why I don't do it. And what does it say about your job, teachers, if you feel that people who are absolutely uneducated in the field of study of education can do your job for you? Why do we need you to begin with? Why don't we just keep them home all the time if this is the preferred choice? My thoughts are is that you should probably show your value. You should show why you are indispensable because you are. Because you have a patience with children. You have the ability to teach multiple children. It's what makes you unique and special, and you go to school for it. Now, I wouldn't expect you to understand how to do a plumbing main or reinstall a new roof or rebuild a computer or tell me all about your latest, greatest TV because that's what you have me for, and that's what I've studied. If you want an intelligence briefing on Iran or you want to understand what the latest CSE-3 Silkworm missile can do, I'm your guy. But you certainly wouldn't come in and say, I'm just going to go ahead and pass off my responsibilities for someone who works at In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A. You're giving us too much responsibility and, dare I say, credit, teachers. It needs to stop. There's this unhinged idea. And what I don't understand is how these teachers have become almost, not militarized, that's certainly not what I would say, but they have this disillusionment when it comes to educating our kids and this indoctrination about this liberalism that they all have seemed to embrace with no question. I don't understand it, whether it's white privilege or it's toxic masculinity, or it's that socialism actually has benefit to any government or society. Teachers have gone off the deep end. And once again, if you're not one of these teachers, I'm not talking about you. But what I am talking about is people like this lady, This is Subaru Karen, and Subaru Karen has a naughty potty mouth, and Santa is checking the list more than once and twice. Please, viewer discretion advised, Karen throws a hissy. drives a Subaru. Listen, I'm not saying every teacher's that way, but does that person look like in any way, shape, or form that they should be teaching our children anything? Now, here's the thing. People might say, oh, Matt, that's one teacher. She looks like every teacher I've seen. Fairly pretty, well-established, has a very tight ponytail. 
looks like a teacher to me. The point is, is I don't understand what's wrong with these teachers. I showed you a video of a teacher trying to teach my children that COVID-19 was the second worst thing to happen to the world. This teacher is telling people to kill themselves. Does this seem like stability to you? Does that seem like what we need in the world today? But we see it more than more. We see teachers who are melting down at an epic level. It's almost like they should be out there with Black Lives Matter and Antifa since they don't have jobs and they don't teach our children anymore and they let the computer do that. Explain to me why before COVID, we were recommending an hour to two hours of screen time a week for children. And now we're recommending eight to 10 hours of screen time a day. It doesn't make any sense. The real bad part about this is that we're seeing scores drop horribly. If you take a look, these are the scores. And I want you to be really clear on this. These numbers to the left, starting with the left, 96%, 96, and 96, these are uh, parents who make sure 100% of the time they're with their kid. This is the result. This is how many people who are on a distance learning program in elementary school spend with their kids through this test. This test was actually done. I will send you the link right here. It was done, it's actually called the Credo test, and it was actually done by Stanford EDU. Here is the link you can get to it. And it basically was online charter and studies. This was showing before COVID what was happening. Then they showed parents that were with part of the time. Then they were show, show, showing parents who were with their kids none of the time. And what they found was whether they spent all the time with them in the world or no time with them, it actually got worse the more the parents spent with the kids. The kids were more uncomfortable. They were unable to have confidence in the work they did, and their scores went down. But it wasn't by much. You're only talking one or two segments out of the 16 segments, which is thousands of kids that they studied, showed a positive incline in math and reading. Every other segment, 15 out of 16 went down, and the only one that went up was when parents weren't involved. The study is atrocious, and it shows that distance learning doesn't work. My teacher, who, who teaches my daughter during parent-teacher te conference, refuses to answer when I asked her a simple question. Are test scores up, up or down over last year? Oh, Mr. Spear, I can't get into individual cases. I'm not telling you to get into individual cases. I'm asking for an average. There's no harm in you telling me if, if, the, if the scores are up and down over your previous fifth grade class last year. I simply want to know. All I have to do is look at my children's grades to know that they are down in every category. It's not working. Teachers, you have a responsibility to get back to work. And if you don't, you're showing us that you are not the right people for the job. If it's snowing, you try to show up. If it's raining, you show up. If you have a bad attitude, you show up. And if you're not deathly ill, you show up. You haven't showed up in nine months. And yes, you can tell me you're working harder, but we all know that's not true. Half of the assignments that I see aren't being graded. My kids are getting no one-on-one -on -one time. You email us with blanket emails, coaching all of the kids through email and not individually work with each child. You expect them to run a calendar more complicated than executive vice presidents at companies. You change the schedule constantly and alter the way that their days go. And there is no normality or consistency to their schedule. And it's damaging. Enough is enough. 
You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Santa said I'd shoot my eye out. Listen, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see this video, but I will tell you it is absolutely atrocious. Before we get started, I want to tell you one thing. A small boy went to Santa. He had to wear a mask. He couldn't get close to him. There was a plexiglass partition. And if Santa can't stop COVID, who can? If the jolly old elf and all of his magic can't do that, then how the hell is he going to deliver all those presents? Do you think maybe we could get him some vitamin D? Maybe give him a little bit of a cocktail and have him suck it up? Maybe wear a mask and have those kids sit on his lap? Because if he's wearing a mask, hopefully he'll be okay. But to sit here and pretend that Santa can't stop COVID, folks, it's kind of suspending disbelief past a point that kids can do. But what the real problem is, is that when little Johnny goes up and sits on your lap, but doesn't sit on your lap since he has to social distance, you probably shouldn't ruin his life. Considering that little Johnny hasn't been able to go to school, hasn't seen any of his friends, hasn't gotten to go out to play, hasn't been to a toy store, can't do anything anymore without a rectal thermometer and a mask and then get doused in bleach, do you think you might just want to keep your personal politics at home? So for the little boy who did that, I will tell you something, son. If you ever see this show, this right here is one of the greatest things in America. And I know you wanted a Nerf gun, but I will tell you what, you can have one of these. In fact, when you turn 18 years old and if one of my listeners decides to do that, I will buy you one of these. Custom, whatever you want, any color, and you and I will go shooting together and screw Santa Claus. Folks, watch this video. It is interesting to say the least. What do you want for Christmas? Uh, you can use something. You don't know. What? No, I no no guns. Nerf gun. No, not even a nerf gun. Now, to be clear, Nazi claws, this little kid just asked for a Nerf gun. He didn't ask for an AR-15. He didn't ask for a flamethrower, a phase plasma rifle in 40-watt range. He didn't ask for a bazooka or a tank. He asked for a Nerf gun, something that absolutely brings joy to every boy and girl. And they have absolutely pussified these guns so they can do no damage to anybody. We used to shoot each other with BB and pellet guns. And if we got hit, we learned a lesson. Duck faster. Nerf guns don't do damage. You could shoot someone at point-blank range. It wouldn't even leave a mark, and it would probably miss. They're a bit as, about as inaccurate as tossing boulders. Folks, there's nothing wrong with a Nerf gun. They're painted in neon green and white. They are the most flamboyant. They look like they should be at a pride parade, let alone a, a battle of guns or cowboys and Indians. This little boy was just asking for a Nerf gun.
Well, thanks, Santa Claus. Why do liberals have to ruin everything? What is up their ass that they always have to bring their personal politics? You're Santa Claus. You tell him yes. You don't actually tell him he's going to get coal in his stocking. That's just to scare the hell out of him and make him be good. We don't need you to be their parent. We don't need you to tell them what to do. Every single year, my wife and I go online with Santa Claus. And it is a wonderful thing called TalkToSanta.com. And I highly recommend it. And it's expensive this year because COVID. And these Santas want more and more money. It's like they're freaking union. What are they, teachers? But we are com- we were one of their first customers. We actually interviewed the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal called us and interviewed us about the Talk to Santa program. And he sometimes coaches my kids, but it's with us helping. And we say, little Ethan or Hayden lied, or they're not following their teacher. And he goes by the book. He doesn't say you can't have an AK-47 with depleted uranium rounds and an extended magazine drum of 100 fired shots. No, that's none of his damn business. Santa Claus, you're overstepping bounds, buddy. It's like you're the NSA. It's like you're Obama. Are you listening? And listen to the guy's voice. He doesn't sound like Santa Claus. That's not the way Santa Claus is. This is not, this is bad Santa. This is a Santa that nobody wants. We don't want this type of Santa. We don't want that type of Santa who completely bans guns. We don't want this type of Santa who's a drunk and fornicates with moms. And does other things in uncomfortable positions. And no, I'm not talking about a Volkswagen. This isn't the Santa we want. This year, we want a special Santa. We want a Santa who can do something about all the other bad liberal Santas out there like this guy. We need Mel Gibson. We need Mel Gibson to visit this guy and take his ass out. Folks, guns are a part of our Constitution, and kids will always play with them. You can do whatever you want. You've painted them white with with yellow and red and orange and day glow tips. You've made the bullets completely harmless to anybody unless you eat it and choke on it, or it's an animal that chews on it and ultimately dies, which is the next thing the liberals are going to argue about. What is wrong with guns? I was using guns before I could walk, and there is nothing wrong with it. We played guns every single night. I haven't shot anybody. My weapons haven't shot anybody. I am a concealed carry carrier. I am a member of the NRA, and I have never shot anyone. Santa, knock it off, or Uncle Mel's coming to your house, and he's going to take you down, take you down to Chinatown. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I would ask you, If you run into a liberal Santa, make sure you videotape it. I would love to see it. Because the next time my kids go to Santa, they're going to ask for an AR-15, and I want to see what the old man says. Folks, please let me know if you like the show. If you have any questions, want to say hi, want to stop by, or comment on the show. It's real simple. You can do that at YouTube. You can subscribe. You can also go to Facebook. We would love to have you and love to see you. The after show happens most nights, Monday through Friday, where we go live, and that is something that we would also love to see you take part in. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1, simple. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It's really easy to get them the help they need. This phone number is absolutely free. You can go to my website at don'tunfriendme.com, click on the VCL link, and it will take you to a free Skype call. Remember, folks, veterans are the most important people in the world to us. And there's 24 to 25 that actually commit suicide during the holiday, and it increases. It's way too many.
Remember, folks, if Santa gives you an attitude, if Santa just ends up being a jerk, you let me know, and Uncle Matt will come on over there and teach him a lesson. We can't handle any liberal Santas. Stay out of politics, Santa. Do your job. Give us a freaking cookie. Give us our damn presidents, and why don't you just shut the hell up? Have a good night. Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash stillpoint